Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm your host, Tearsheet's Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. The following is part of a new series we're running. It's called The Big Bank Theory, and it's all about the future of banking. We see three options going forward. In the march towards digital, people will gravitate towards the digital arms of incumbent banks, give their business to new upstart challenger banks, or the biggest opportunity, which is bank with the brands they love. Through embedded finance, people are increasingly turning to companies they frequent often. Could be a big retail player like Walmart or SMB accounting software like QuickBooks to plan, store, and move money around. The following series includes content from Tearsheet's The Big Bank Theory Conference, held in November 2021. We had three full days with the top companies and professionals defining what banking looks like today and into the future. We heard from large incumbents like Bank of America and startups like Current. Abhinavanand was chugging along in senior risk roles at Discover when he received a call five years ago. That call from Goldman Sachs changed the trajectory of his life and the nature of the bank he would eventually join. As part of the early Marcus team, Abhinav went into startup mode. A consumer lending product would kick off a stream of new financial products for consumers and small businesses. As part of the Marcus distribution plan, the team would pursue a DTC strategy combined with strategic partnerships with top brands like Apple, Amazon, Walmart, and JetBlue. Anand joined us this past November at the Big Bank Theory Conference to discuss the partnership journey Goldman Sachs embarked on to massively ramp Marcus and its transformation to a retail bank. Here's my conversation with Goldman Sachs Managing Director, Apinav Anand. Today we're talking about Goldman Sachs and, and your ability to leverage strategic partnerships um, to bring products um, to consumers and small businesses. But, but let's start with an introduction about, about your background and, and your role at Goldman Sachs to put everything in context. No, absolutely. So I've been in Goldman Sachs uh, since the very beginning uh, launch of Marcus in 2016. And in the, in the last five years, uh, I've worked across uh, different roles in general management, product development, risk management, and also led some of the important strategic partnerships uh, uh, with uh, players such as Amazon, Walmart, and Apple. Wow. And where did, where, where did, you, where did you come in from? I know you were at Discover, right? Yes, I, I was at Discover uh, running their risk functions uh, for almost seven years before I was brought on uh, as part of the founding team for Marcus uh, when uh, consumer business in Goldman Sachs was like didn't exist. And the first four or five employees who were tasked with the idea of starting the first consumer product and then grew it into a platform where we're meeting the spending, savings, borrowing and investing needs of our customers. What was it like hearing um, or getting that uh, opportunity, like to say, here's this, you know, 100 plus year old institution that's that's really undergoing the most transformation of any major institution out there? Like, wh- what did it feel like to even hear that that type of opportunity? What was your reaction? No, that's that's a great question. If I go back on my memory lane, I remember when the call came through. And when we first, uh, you know, when Goldman Sachs calls, you typically pick up the phone and answer. <laughs> uh, and I did that most, more out of curiosity to understand what is going on. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was it's very interesting and in how such an old institution with a really great reputation in risk management, uh, data and engineering capabilities was thinking of disrupting. Uh, the business uh, of, of consumer finance. Uh, and I have to say that, uh, and I joined the last part, saw Renan on the call, big fan of him. Uh, you know, for, 
firms such as Lending Club uh, and uh, Prosper and a few others had already shown the path that uh, uh, digital technology was the path to, dis to disruption. And, and what was most interesting for us is uh, how do we come start a business, educate the firm and bring them along the way because it's completely new for them. Uh, use the strengths that the firm has, both in terms of balance sheet and risk management and, and digital technology, and, and bring in the customer centricity uh, to the table. One great thing about Goldman Sachs, which many of you may know, is the firm has always put client centricity. They use the word client, not customer, uh, mm -hmm. as the one of the top uh, business principles. Uh, and when you come to Goldman Sachs, you will see that uh, doing the right thing by the client is the, the number one thing that we believe by. Uh, just shifting it to mass and mass affluent customers millions of them was the i think the the, the thing that we brought along but uh, getting the ethos aligned together towards customer centricity was never a challenge amazing um i'm just picturing those early days about like you know the, the emotions that were there of like that huge opportunity um so so let's talk about the way marcus is using uh, partnerships to bring products because i know you have a dtc business direct to consumer sure. Um, but I know there's a partnerships plays a big role as well. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So we we have evolved over time for sure. As, as you learn through the, the business, uh, we started as a direct to consumer, primarily a personal loan business. Uh, over time, bought a deposit platform from G and grew that rapidly. Uh, then launched Apple Card, uh, launched point of sale financing and small business lending. Uh, soon we are going to launch a checking business. And as we were going through all of these different. Uh, uh, and enhancements of our, our platform, uh, we realized that our strategy essentially for success lies into two-pronged approach. One is we continue to be uh, a direct-to-consumer business, while we also look for like-minded digital native partners uh, who will be willing to distribute our products on their platform. Our vision, as we have stated, is we want to be the uh, digital banking platform of the future, where we meet the borrowing, saving, spending, and investing needs of our customers and help them take control of their financial lives. We want to do it directly ourselves, but we also want to work with like-minded partners who can help distribute those products and make the same change uh, in the financial lives of the customers that come to, to their platform. One thing we care most about, and you will notice that as you look at the list of people we are partnered with, uh, is uh, the focus on customer and creating value for the customer, making sure that the products are simple and transparent and personalized remains really important to us. And our, it's actually super important to our partners as well. So in most cases, it's actually in all cases, it's, it's a, a really good marriage. So, so I know Marcus by Goldman Sachs has, has partnerships with Amazon, Walmart, and, and, and recently with C2FO. Um, can you talk about those partnerships? And I guess the value proposition that you're describing to, to the client at the end of the day? Yeah, so I think there are three things that becomes uh, very important for us as we start talking about our value proposition, specifically in this bucket. So, and it's important to say for these three partnerships, uh, the partnership is more uh, is on the small business side, primarily e-commerce sellers, uh, which you know in the last uh, you know eighteen months, uh, a lot of uh, commerce has shifted towards digital, and it's a very interesting uh, customer base to work with. In fact, it's a very underserved customer base to work with uh, because traditional banks uh, don't use. Uh, uh, the more modern writing techniques to provide uh, credit and financing to this particular uh, group of uh, customers. The way we have thought about our partnership essentially is three three important areas or three, three pillars. One is the financial product itself that we distribute through this platform have to be simple and they bear very low cost to the customer. Uh, in today's market, there are many products for small businesses, but uh, most of them are 
revenue backed fee based and they just make them too heavily priced for the for the small businesses to actually uh, take uh, benefit of those products the the second thing that we have been focused on is uh, we have we are using both platform data so data we have about uh, revenues and sales from the platform from uh, amazon walmart or cqfo as well as the capabilities we have built around uh, holistic underwriting of of a, of a seller's revenue so for example i may be doing only 30% of my business at amazon or the uh, another 25% maybe at some other platform and maybe i have the remaining 50% uh, directly managed through my retail store uh, we have brought the, all the data together so we can do more holistic underwriting so you are not just underwriting the business for a small sliver of the revenue but the entire business and then again do that in a very digital way uh, building a headless architecture behind the scenes so that we can plug into the ecosystem of uh, these platforms to the level of depth they want to uh, they could be a simple but uh, a, a, you know a handover to our platform through a link but in most cases we have deeply embedded our uh, our experience within those platforms and do that effectively we made sure that we build a headless architecture with the right microservices so that we can enable that and that allows us to bring partners online very quickly and then it also allows us to iterate and test and learn to make sure that the experience uh, and the product features and meet the needs of the customers on those platforms. Got it. So I, I want to hone in on SMB lending specifically um, and, and talk about why digital engagement is so essential um, for that type of business. Look, uh, if you think about it, one of the things that a small business owner doesn't have is time. Of course, they need the, the uh, financing and they need uh, more employees these days. Uh, there's a shortage of employees across the board, but they don't have time. And so that it's very important to think about what are the different ways that we can actually help them save time and give them more certainty of outcome. The other thing that we are seeing, and I'm sure you have seen it as well, is uh, um, in a small business life cycle, invoicing, payments, order fulfillment, uh, borrowing, financing, they're all now converging and more and more tools that these small businesses are using are actually a digital tool. And there are so many uh, different firms that have done so well, all the way from Shopify to Squares of the world to Intuit of the world to provide digital tools that essentially make a small business life easy. Uh, and so there's several proof points that we have been seeing and, and noticing, especially in the last 18 months, that show that the tilt to digital engagement for a small business is just going to increase. I'll, I'll give you some examples that I was reading recently. And of course, in small business world, the paycheck protection program, the PPP program was, uh, was very rampant in the last 18 months. And I was reading some data from there. 44% uh, of small businesses applied for the program online with online lenders in 2021. That is up over 10 percentage points from the year before. And another survey I was looking at is 52% uh, uh, of small businesses are now indicating, and it's across all categories, that they prefer at least starting their journey on the digital channel, getting a more certain offer through a digital channel than working to the classical uh, ISO or broker model, or even uh, going to a retail bank. So those things are showing that the trends towards the small business engagement in digital is increasing. And last but not the least, uh, a lot of the traditional lenders uh, have actually acquired uh, digital lending capabilities. Two great examples would be, in my mind at least, Amex bought Cabbage uh, last year, and then uh, Innova bought OnDeck, and uh, from what I understand, outside in, primarily for their digital capabilities. Interesting. And, you know, as you're saying that, Binav, I'm just, I'm again, impressed about, like, when Goldman Sachs, you know, went through this digital transformation, it's not like you went to 
one, like each, each little piece of your business, SMB lending, you know, banking, checking, wherever, wherever you went. Um, and then the whole sort of transaction banking piece, like you guys took yep. off the whole world all at once, which was like, how did you determine like what to prioritize? Like you really just, to me, it's like, this was, I could see a big bank undergoing like one of these things, but to do all of them is, is just, it's kind of mind blowing to me actually. No, I think that's a great point. And look, I'll be very clear that prioritization does stand like in any other firm is always a challenge. Uh, I wish I had infinite resources. I can do whatever else I wanted to do. Uh, but to answer your question more succinctly, one of the key things that we have aligned internally at is whatever we're going to build, we're going to, we'll try our level best to build it in a, in a platform way. And the idea being, as you are building new capabilities that I'll give you one example, let's say, uh, income verification uh, for self-employed. Mm. You can use that for your personal loan business. You can use it for your small business uh, set as well, you know, on the, the more smaller side of the small business. We actually call them consumer plus plus because that's the other interesting thing changing in the world where uh, there are a lot of folks who are self-proprietors who have multiple jobs and uh, freelancers, gig economy folks that are, that be, that are kind of small businesses, but behave more like a consumer. We call them consumer plus plus. But as we are building such capabilities, we're trying to build it as a, as a platform and as a microservice so that we could try and experiment with multiple different products. We're not saying that we'll be the best product in every category. We're not saying that every product we launch will be super successful, but we will have a product to meet the needs of the customer because over time, we want to become the primary banking relationship for the customer. And is that the goal to become the primary bank or do you see yourself sitting in side by side along other uh, financial services providers? Look, uh, the, the goal is to strive towards being a primary bank of the customer, uh, especially for those customers that are really looking for digitally interacting with their banks. And there's a, there's a whole secular trend towards that. Uh, and the way we can be, we feel we could do it is by meeting their borrowing, saving, spending, uh, and investing needs uh, as, and being where they are. And they are at their mobile phone most of the time. Yeah, totally. Um, can you talk about um, the work Marcus by Goldman Sachs is doing in, in working capital um, for SMBs? And I guess, I guess why, why having access to working capital is, is so important right now? No, absolutely. Look, access to working capital is definitely crucial to the growth of any small or medium-sized business. Uh, especially now, uh, in the last, I would say, 18, 20 months, which has seen some unprecedented change in the dynamics and the structure of how supply chain works, uh, how uh, sales processes work, and the cash conversion cycle has become more unpredictable. In certain cases, for example, in e-commerce, in certain products in e-commerce, it has actually accelerated. It's accelerated so much that we hear from a lot of uh, uh, small businesses over there that they right now they don't need any uh, credit because they are they are uh, selling things faster than uh, things are getting on inventory being coming up on uh, on that. But right now, if you think about it, uh, last three four months, all you hear in news articles is uh, supply chain crisis. Uh, you know, uh, everything being manufactured so slowly. There's so many ships outside uh, LA and Orange County waiting to be undocked and the um, the the material and goods being shipped to different places uh, and shipped to consumers' homes. Uh, that creates a cash conversion cycle where actually having a product uh, that is not super expensive, that helps you manage your working capital more efficiently is something that our customers tell us that they really need. Uh, if you see about the, some of the surveys we have done, it is all Fed-based surveys. 67% uh, of uh, small businesses report challenge 
making uh, you know meeting their operating expenses uh, due to cash flows and mismatch mismatch and there are very lot of different ways to do that there are merchant cash advance that are more popular we feel that's a product that works for certain customers but it could end up being very expensive especially if the cash conversion cycle is very unpredictable we prefer a line of credit uh, with uh, low rates uh, and no fees where a customer can draw when they need and manage their uh, cash conversion cycle predictability by themselves um one of the things i've heard from you also have enough in in our discussion right now is is sort of how the world is very different now. Um obviously covid impacted that and and there are some secular changes that I think will will stick with us. Um can you talk about how it's impacted uh covid particularly has impacted uh small business lending and maybe how you're thinking about it moving forward. Well, absolutely look I'll I'll almost put the covid changes almost like three phases. Phase 1 was I would call it uh Feb March April when the whole world was falling apart. Yeah. Uh, and it impacted small business lending quite a bit uh, many of the digital lenders specifically uh, had a really tough time collecting on their past dues because the small businesses suddenly could not sell anything i mean you know the situation we all went into uh, being uh, uh, in a sheltered place uh, especially brick and mortar uh, small businesses uh, were suffering massively because there was no sales uh, and and the lending completely froze uh, everybody tightened their underwriting policy phase 2 is when i would say when the federal agency stepped in with the ppp program which i thought was a very smart move a really great way of making sure that the capital that uh, the federal government is uh, putting in play actually reaches the pockets of the small businesses uh, i think uh, that has been a very successful and tremendous program and we saw a lot of small business lenders uh, actually pivoting and becoming ppp lenders uh, uh, and there also the digital technology they had helped them quite a bit one can say that for the past 18 months the biggest uh, small business lender in the market has been uh, the federal agencies for the ppp program and and we have seen that even for large money center banks uh, the demand for term loans and locs has been kind of kind of flattish uh, the other thing that covid did uh, which is now more than say the phase three the more recent time it did bifurcate a little bit of the the businesses that are doing well uh, like e-commerce and the businesses that are still trying to come up uh, out of covid the hospitality is comes to mind even though tourism and hospitality is picking up at least in most part of this country uh, but we we're looking at uh, the surveys we'll watch it every month uh, still business 78% up to 80% of businesses still report uh, reduced revenue from pre covid time so there's still some catch up to be done i think that's the situation of the of the consumer themselves the end consumer what i think that will happen going forward and what covid has changed is the adoption of digital tools not just for the lending and financing part of the life uh, of a small business but across the board uh, all the way from selling their goods and services online uh, taking orders uh, through more robust digital tool invoicing payments uh, money management uh, uh, you know managing their books everything has shifted uh, more towards digital tools and what i think will happen going forward is that trend is here to stay more and more small businesses whether they are brick and mortar or completely online who be using digital tools for managing their customer their business life cycle financing being one of them and uh, some of the companies that have done very well in the last 18 months would continue to do very well totally um one of the things you said abinav is you mentioned uh, data engineering previously and and we have a question from the audience from ravi what aspects of data engineering are important for you at marcus that's a great question so the way we have always talked about is uh, uh design data uh, and digital 
technology is really key for success, at least for the business we are in. Uh, and data becomes almost like the currency that everybody has a lot of it, but doesn't don't know how to harness and leverage. Uh, even for the smallest launches we have done, smallest partnership we have done, we had made sure that the, the interaction and signals that we are collecting from the customer in the form of data flows back to our analytical warehouses where we can then look at the trends, understand how the customer is interacting with our platform, understand how they, what kind of products they're taking and how they are actually interacting with those financial products themselves. That allows us to make quick changes in our underwriting policy, quick changes in our uh, onboarding customer journey, uh, quick changes and rapid uh, alterations of our servicing to ensure that we continue to evolve and iterate. That is only possible if you're A, collecting data, B, ensuring that it's all tying up uh, to provide a 360 view of the customer that is actually interacting with you. And three, it is available at the point of decisioning. I've seen uh, my past life, and this is where Goldman Sachs clean sheet of paper helps, uh, where we collect data, we dump it in a data lake, uh, and uh, there is no way to make that uh, data available uh, at the decisioning points. If you do all three of them together, there's a lot more value you can ex exert out of uh, any business that you're running specifically in a lending or a banking business. Right. Thank you. I appreciate you answering that question. Um, one question I have, um, and any, any fast growing company has to deal with this is, is just talent. Um, right. There, I know there's been a, there's been some turnover. You guys have been at this five years. Like it makes sense that, you know, there's fresh blood that comes in all the time. Like what's your approach to, to, um, to recruiting top talent to, 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 and, and, and to, infect them, I guess, with the belief that, that what you're doing is, 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 you know, excites them. No, absolutely. Look, I, I'll start by saying that, uh, that uh, acquiring and retaining talent is very important to a success of a firm. And I also say that it's very difficult right now. I'm sure everybody that you are talking to, Zach, is, is telling you similar stories. It's, I, I sometimes wonder when I talk to my friends in, in, and colleagues in different industry, uh, even marquee firms uh, that are doing very well from a valuation perspective talk about some of the talent drain they are seeing. And I wonder where are people actually going? Uh, you know, there's a whole concept called the great res great resignation as I hear it going on right now. Uh, and, and look, uh, the way we have thought about it is, number one, be very clear on the, the long-term vision we have. We have been very clear and very outspoken about it, uh, more so in the last year, year and a half than maybe the early part of our journey because it just took us some time to come up with our uh, more clarity on our vision. So be very clear on the long-term vision of what your company is there to do. And be very also clear on the fact that it's not going to happen in six months. It'll, it's a long journey. It takes time to build a large scalable businesses uh, that are actually able to fulfill their vision. The second thing is to be very, very clear on what takes precedence. Uh, one of the things that we have said very clearly is customer centricity is something uh, that uh, we will not sacrifice, even if it costs us more, or it takes more time to build something, or it just is more work. We should not run away from work. And, it, and you'll find that uh, talent pool and employees across uh, different skills, uh, different age group, different background, they gravitate very quickly towards a long-term vision and customer centricity. Uh, if you could make sure that you have the right hiring process, the right onboarding process, and the right uh, initial talent development process where you can imbibe these two things into your employees, uh, they would stick around for at least longer than usual. 
that said uh, there's a whole talent war going on for uh, product engineering data science uh, and marketing folks and uh, we all continue to work through that and ensure that we are getting the best talent uh, and uh, we are compensating them uh, appropriately as well amazing um we're getting near the end of our conversation with abhinav if if uh, if you have questions in the audience for him uh, please submit that through the QA button. Um, I have a question about, um, I guess, looking ahead. What plans do you have, uh, particularly in SMB lending, um, as you expand the offering over the next few years? Yeah, so there are two or three things we are looking into. Uh, one is uh, we have done well with one of the products we have, create, have created, which is a, a line of credit that goes up to a million dollars, uh, fairly low rates uh, for uh, primarily uh, small businesses uh, on e-commerce platforms. Uh, we are now also, uh, you know, doing surveys, uh, doing customer research, and understanding what other products they would be interested in. Term loans is an easy product that is just a, uh, you know, another version of line of credit, which some of the folks for growth investing are invest. Uh, growth uh, investing is something they're interested in, so we'll build that. We're mm -hmm. also looking at uh, are there more short-term products that they will be interested in, and we'll be building that. The platform allows us to take our uh, uh, product uh, and services to create different sorts of financing products for our uh, customers. We'll definitely do that. So that's on the product side. The other thing we're also looking at distribution. Uh, how can we think about distribution beyond the partners we have? Uh, are there ways and means to distribute through partners in other uh, 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 type of uh, categories beyond e-commerce? We're we are looking into that. And third thing that we're investing heavily in is uh, uh, further uh, accelerating and improving our underwriting capability. In this business, uh, you need to manage credit well. In this business also, you need to understand that different uh, businesses have different credit characteristics and uh, data you get from commercial bureau or SBFP or other places may not just be sufficient uh, to really give you a sense of how good or even how bad that business is. Uh, uh, so we are investing heavily in uh, alternate sources of data that can help us uh, underwrite uh, a small business better. And last bit I'll say is, as I mentioned early on, is uh, we're also realizing that there's a new, uh, new market evolving, which we call consumer plus plus, which are not like uh, in a full-time employed or part-time employed consumers looking for personal or credit card. They're not either small businesses with a physical presence looking for large lines or uh, MCA products or other things. Uh, these are essentially folks uh, who are, uh, you know, doing multiple gigs uh, who are uh, more in as uh, self-employed and are looking for products uh, that help them accelerate their business uh, and do it at their own uh, own way. Uh, the consumer banks or the small business community banks don't serve that customer and that's another interesting area to look into. I really like that terminology too, consumer plus plus. What a great conversation, I've, I've really appreciated it. Thank you for joining us at the Big Bang Theory Conference. Thank you so much, Zach. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. That was an excerpt from Tearsheet's The Big Bank Theory Conference, held in November 2021. For more stories like this, podcasts, articles, newsletters, and conferences on the impact technology is having on the financial services industry, head on over to Tearsheet's website.